Hello, hello. Welcome again to another episode of Stefan Things. This is episode five. Wow, five already. Um, <laughs> today I sat down with a really wonderful friend of mine, somebody who um, has clearly uh, earned their slot in my life. His name's Tristan. We met each other in college. We lived together, um, not in the same apartment, but not far from each other, right down the street from each other. Uh, in Little Dayton, Ohio, and neither of us are from there, and we'll get into why we're friends, how we became friends, why we're still friends in this interview. It's really beautiful how the universe can just throw people in your path that you absolutely need in the moment that you need them, and that's exactly what happened with Tristan. I think it's clear after this interview, I've noticed that the feeling's mutual, which is awesome. It's wonderful to know. And I hope you all really enjoy this conversation between me and a very close friend. Tell everybody how we met. I want to hear your version of the story <laughs> you about how we became friends. Version. Yes, I do. Um, okay, yeah. So, I mean, it could have been before this, but what really sticks out to me is, um, so you and I both went to uh, Wright State University uh go um whatever they're called go raiders, raiders. <laughs> um, i was a musical theater major there getting my bfa in musical theater i believe you're getting your bfa in motion pictures right yes yeah and um so like a part of my my major as a musical theater major was to take music theory um and i was very like haphazard with like that part of my my uh, education. So I ended up saying, whatever, I'm not going to try to test out of the class. I'm just going to take it so I can just have a class where I can kind of chill in and, and like kind of learn stuff and apply it later. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. We, we, we ended up in that class together. Um, because you needed it for a credit, I believe. Uh, and I don't know how, I think what really happened was, I think it was, I remember the day you were playing, uh, Radiohead, like, spinning plates, the live version of that, like, a very niche, like, Radiohead song version of, uh, like, spinning plates. I was like, bro, that's Radiohead. <laughs> and you were like, yeah, dude. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and then I think we just kind of started sitting by each other, and then, like, anytime there was funny banter in the class, we would just build off of what the other person was saying, um, and I think it got to the point where we became Facebook friends because I mean, it's a kind of small world on that campus anyway. And then from there, we, I think it's just a lot of crazy stuff happened after that, but we ended up kind of bonding essentially. I, I mean, to me, it, it started just with who we are from a pure point as people. But I think like the real bonding started when you and I kind of, uh, started opening up to each other about our relationships and our past relationships. Yeah, um, yeah. I 100% agree with that. In fact, actually, so we were just like class buddies. And um, and then you, I don't know, I'm pretty sure it was you. You invited me to go on like a, a we a both had bicycles. Ride. So we <laughs> went on a bike ride because yeah. we lived <laughs> that like all of the college apartments for the most part at Wright State are all on the same street called Zinc Road. Ugh. And um, we lived in different apartment complexes, but it's still the same street. So like, you know, we walking distance. And I was, unfortunately for me, I, I was back with my now ex-wife. Um, she had moved back in with me uh, after a tumultuous first few years, a couple years of marriage. Um, 
without getting it, we'll get into that more in a bit, but like Yeehaw. quick stories. <laughs> yeah. She, she cheated on me. And, uh, anyway, after a few months, you know, we kind of like tried to reconcile things. But anyway, she moved in with me, but while we were living together again, um, it still wasn't like the same, you know, I don't think everything, mm-hmm. anything ever is the same when that, when infidelity happens. So I was very isolated. I didn't have a lot of friends that i had no friends that I hung out with. It was very codependent kind of situation. And, um, so I, I was just like, Oh sweet. Finally, somebody that I kind of vibe with. So I yeah. invited me on a, on a bicycle trip and, uh, we just like went, I, he like met me at my apartment complex and then we took it from there and went down, you know, like went from yeah. my apartment to this park and we hung out. And I remember we had like a long conversation about relationships on the way. So honestly, our friendship is kind of founded upon its foundation is like being there for each other in this crazy world of love (laughs) yeah yeah dude listening and sharing and i think what's cool about it is that you know despite i mean clearly that's a big part of it but i think what's what's essentially special about the whole situation if i can get a little bit uh cheesy here for a second um is like uh it's you know clearly it started from a from a a fun place in class and then it turned into this thing with relationships but not only that but I i feel like now you and i are just like we can just talk about anything like oh, it's sure. it's it's like we went from both being in a series of dysfunctional relationships that like left us quite traumatized and uh and messed up at the end of the day um and then it's kind of like our friendship as a result of those dysfunctions turned into actually like a healthy to, to i mean to my definition a healthy and functional uh friendship um yeah which I was not expecting to actually have because I'd been there for two years. I'd been in Ohio for two years away from my hometown. Hadn't really had any solid friends at all. Um, really just friendly acquaintances uh, just because I was in school. Um, and you were kind of like the first person where I was like, oh, shit, dude, like these other doors are opening and we can actually connect and not only connect, but be honest and kind of right the wrongs of the other things we had to encounter so that you know, I think the biggest fruition maybe of our, of our previous shitty relationships is like the fact that you and I came out of it with a pretty, pretty fucking awesome and solid friendship. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, they always say like, you know, it's your best, uh, the best thing you can do is just focus on the good things that come into your life, you know, in spite of that trauma. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think, yeah, you and I both got pretty lucky without getting too gushy. But, yeah, that's so true. We found each other in a hopeless place. (laughs) (laughs) We we fell in love in a hopeless place, uh, as Rihanna would say. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, our dynamic is very, um, like, natural. You and I get along really well, like, without having to try, which I think is always um, telling of a solid friendship. We mm-hmm. don't have to be anything. We're very honest with each other, um, which is cool. I love that. And I think you and I have actually learned a lot from each other, respectively. True. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> like, um, like, dude, I have to say, I'll say, I don't know, diving too deep, but I mean, you, you certainly showed me what what confidence is, what confidence looks like. And I'm someone who's always battled with that. And it was it was nice just to kind of have a a friend with like a framework where I could be like, wow, this guy really exhibits, um, an aspect of myself I want to grow in. 
and I feel like uh, I have a lot to learn in that aspect. So just, I mean, just purely by hanging out with you, by getting your advice, by, you know, shooting things back and forth and even creatively. Um, yeah. So thank you for that. Well, sure. And I mean, in response to that, I think um, one thing I learned is how to really be uh, a supportive friend from you. Like, you know, I've always prided myself on my my ability to be there for people, sure. But like you turn it up to 11. Um, and I'll never forget it too because like things started really going south um, with my ex-wife uh, when she moved to France to teach for a year and I saw it coming um, I think you know it was very obvious that it wasn't going to work out she she was very incapable of honesty um, unfortunately so I remember it was it was pretty bad and like you came over and we hung out and I don't know was it the holidays it was before forget to be honest it was I cold forget. i just yeah it was like <laughs> maybe early that. in the new i think it was in january because she came in december and like left under the guise that we were getting a divorce and went back to france so, and it was like really tumultuous and very toxic and she, she was very abusive mm-hmm. um without getting into the specifics of it that's really all you need to know to be honest um and i remember yeah you looked at me and you're like you're gonna be okay dude and like you just kept repeating that to me like you're good like you kept repeating affirmations things that i didn't believe about myself because i was had been put down for so long by someone who's supposed to be my true best friend Mm -hmm. um and it was like you you ever notice like where it's like hard to hear good things about yourself yeah (laughs) that's kind of what it was i was like you know because i didn't know how to respond to it and it's been a long journey and i'm still part of this journey and i think you are too we're having to like come to terms with being giving our allowing ourselves grace but also owning the good things about ourselves and like being proud of them yeah when you place your trust in someone and you grow with them and you learn with them uh you know despite all the dysfunctions once you really start to trust that person um you take what they say as truth um, I think that's the hardest part is your body and your mind, especially when you're growing, right? Like, cause like we are both, you're in your twenties, I'm in my like mid twenties. Like, like I think in the beginning when we're still like learning and growing and we're with someone who's, who's essentially telling us, Hey, um, I only like the you that caters to this aspect of what I like, or, you know, or like, like some sort of version that's not really who you are. And then to go from that to you know, something where it's like, nah, man, you actually are really cool. And it's okay that you're weird sometimes or that you say cringy crap or that you use TikTok. Um, like I still accept <laughs> you. <laughs> it's okay that you use TikTok, son. Okay. It's okay. Well, that's, <laughs> sidebar there though. That's so true. Cause you and I actually jumped on the TikTok train, um, a little over a year ago, back when it was yeah. still not cool. Um, it, 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 it was still cringy. It was still, you know, riding the wave of cringe that was like musically. Um, nobody liked it. Uh, but you and I kept seeing those commercial, those ads on YouTube for it. Terrible, terrible commercials. Yeah. And we loved how bad they were. Like they, they drew us to them because they were bad. And so you and I on it, were like, Let's just download it. Let's see what this is about. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. That's alter egos, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, just... yeah. And we were just became obsessed with the crazy shit we were seeing on TikTok. Because at that time, <laughs> it was it was like still in the deep wave of people doing like the cringe dances. The uh, hit or miss thing was still freaking huge, you know? Um, like basically the stuff that made people turn their nose up to the platform was still mm-hmm. the most popular on the platform. 
but we found our niche and like started like where the name cringe junkie kind of came from was just you and I, uh, we actually would screen cast my phone onto my Apple TV and yeah. we would like scroll through, like hang out. Literally scroll we would through. just hang out in my living room and watch TikToks. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, you, and you introduced me to, to Casey Fry too. And like that, those were, those were, that was such a great moment. Like when we hang so out true. again, we need to do that because we just watched the stupidest crap together and uh, just the humor of it all would rub off. But yeah, that was, it was good. Well, I'm kind of having like a weird revelation right now. I really do think that like our the content that we were creating and just being silly was us in a strange way was us healing and becoming confident again after both being like really broken and hurt by people. True. Um, no, I, I honestly, agree. cause like I, you know, two years ago, me would never have put himself out there in the way that I clearly am doing right now, dude. And it was because of a lack of self-confidence. It wasn't a lack of like skill or anything like that. It was, I, it was the imposter syndrome. I didn't think I was good enough. Yeah. And it, it took a long time to get there. Um, do you remember when we were at the Ikea and how hard it was for you to do that video? Oh my God. Oh, you we were on camera. <laughs> you were like, I was, I was, the blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was like, talk a little louder, dude. Talk a little louder. Well, of course, Mr. Musical Theater was already, you know, you were ready, <laughs> ready to go. You didn't care. You were rapping. I remember we, we were crazy just, we were definitely together while they tapped we were, yeah, dance we on a toilet. Oh my God. We had no idea what kind of content to make. We were just spitballing, but I don't know. There's something authentic and fun about it. Um, Cause I remember I was like, un, like I was like putting together said Ikea furniture in my new apartment and you were like wrapping plastic and bubble wrap around your body and like strutting around my apartment making TikToks. Yeah, that wasn't even helping. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm like screwing shit together and you're like, hey guys, check this out. It's my new fashion. Yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> well, hey, t- tell everybody a little bit about, uh, you have a, a more like when it strikes you kind of content. You do have a TikTok, you have a small following, but it's very niche. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. it and, and like where it came from. <laughs> yeah, so um, I found out I do a hell of a Ben Shapiro impression. Um, and uh, depending on your on how you feel about Ben Shapiro, my impression is either really good or it needs work. Um, and uh, basically, I think you and I were in a Discord chat during uh, like the lockdown and everything with, uh, with our, our other friends. And uh, I just started talking like, uh, ben, what if Ben Shapiro explained anime? Okay. Um, and I thought, what was it like? Let's say hypothetically that you are the fourth Hokage. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, I was like, well, I'm just going to make this video. I think you were, you're like, dude, you got to do this. It's like, this has to be a TikTok. You just make it into a TikTok. And I was like, oh, I don't know, dude. It's, it's only funny in the moment. Um, but yeah, I started, I made that, I made that one and it got a few likes and that was fun. And then I was like, let me just kind of run with this bit. Um, and I think the, the one I made after that was, uh, I can't remember if I did a lyric video or another like anime thing. No, I I started explaining like what furries were as Ben Shapiro and what waifus were basically taking like, like, cause I do enjoy anime and like, I like it quite a lot. Um, but you know, there's definitely this, just this funny idea of Ben Shapiro being enamored with the most weeb, like nerdiest thing possible, uh, you know, like, like trying to pronounce things like in, in like read kanji and like, you know, like stuff like that in, 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 um, 
Well, Ben Shapiro's kind of become like such a caricature, you know, he almost doesn't even represent himself anymore, you know, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum, you know, neither one, neither you nor I support his rhetoric realistically. Not at all. We're we're like not even kind of fans of the guy. In fact, we probably both are pretty disgusted by him, but his character is funny and the memes surrounding him and his ridiculousness is funny like it mm-hmm. is and uh, oh yeah his existence is funny it's like really though like so um, and and my i see it almost as like we're kind of like poking fun at him and his stream of conscious like speaking pattern um mm-hmm. and applying and that. morality yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> applying and applying to that anime. to anime and like you know more niche like etherians you know people who believe animal spirits you know uh, occupy their bodies like these yeah. more like niche very odd uh communities um and having ben shapiro of all people explain them to you in like a mansplainy way yeah yeah pretty, I, I think yeah. it's funny it's it's like anyway it's taking the ben shapiro meme and 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 to the next step you know and, yeah uh, it's, well, that, it's interesting because it attracted a very specific amount of followers too like like uh, it did, it got to the point where I could, it was mainly like everyone with essentially like troll humor and yeah. to my knowledge, probably kids between the age of like 14 and 17. Um, but yeah. like, uh, I, there's been some interesting other, other people I've met along the way. Um, but I, I don't know, dude, it was a really interesting experience earlier this year. I, I kind of missed doing it. I want to do it again. Um, but honestly, it's just, I don't know, man, I just haven't been inspired to make more content and it's kind of like why pump out something. It, it kind of got that way right around the time I started taking requests for more videos, um, videos, um, <laughs> and, uh, people were like, ah, oh, do this, do that. And I was like, I started doing some of it and I was really enjoying it. Um, but then I was kind of like, as I was making the, the TikToks, I was like, ah, like, like this is fun and all, but it's starting to feel like work. And it's not like before where I was like laughing and cackling to myself alone in my my uh, two bedroom apartment, um, you know, just being like, oh, what if I put Ben Shapiro's face on a horse, you know, right. <laughs> or like stuff like that. Like all of a sudden it was like, oh, let me pump this out. Maybe this will get enough views. Maybe this will get enough likes. I think that's the craziest thing about it too that we talked about where it was like I would just get insane views and likes from it like out of nowhere like it just it was like this anomaly I guess on TikTok of like why is this happening um so I guess since then I've kind of been like well I mean if I'm gonna do something and I you know really the outcome doesn't matter of how people receive it. It should be fun for me. And odds are, if it's fun for me, it'll be fun for everyone else too. hundred so percent. I, I always say that, like if you're pursuing something that you're passionate about and it actually me and, uh, Zach skinny pudge, we're just talk. We talked about that too. In the last episode, mm. just how like your authenticity and your, um, the, the joy that you get from creating something will attract people to it. It's, it's more about the creator and how much they love it rather than the creation. Yeah. Um, at least I'd say at least on TikTok, it's clear that like people are just as interested in who made it as they are in um, the content itself, yeah. which is really interesting because it's kind of like unprecedented. YouTube kind of started that down that path being, you know, this concept of the influencer and social media and like these like figures that we follow. And there's like this enigma, like this, like 
ethereal being and it's like they're not even really a real person anymore um but TikTok it feels like early really, youtube it yeah feels like yeah early it does YouTube. still like <laughs> yeah it's like this weird uncharted creative space uh which is funny and like this isn't even like the TikTok. uh uh i haven't tried to make this like the the TikTok podcast but um <laughs> it keeps coming up obviously because it's something that i pursue every day and then i've met a lot of people on it but Mm-hmm. Just social media in general. I think uh, people are more interested in, more than ever than the person behind the content than they ever were. Yeah. Uh, yep. There you go. I mean, they. I mean, they have to like you, right? Like, like who you are mm-hmm. in your best self. Um, I think that's like the goal, right? Like, that's a form of self healing. Um, it's been for me. Like, I mean, I. That's that's something. Even when you and I were friends, like I I love the Twitch community. It's kind of fallen off the edge right now but like there's something about having a community of people even if it's like the fixation is one person right Mm -hmm. but really usually in that case if it's like a if it's not a toxic community if it's like a a wholesome community that person really is just guiding a discussion in a group more so exactly than than just being like hey guys it's me (laughs) Um, yeah those exist i think um there are creators out there who stream and the content is the obsession over them the simping (laughs) yeah um, of the person but my experience in streaming has been what you were just talking about where it's like i'm more of a curator i'm curating a um a community Mm -hmm. and providing a space for us all to kind of exist and talk about things and share ideas uh in in a safety in a space of safety um which I love and that's why I diversify across so many platforms because it's just like I'm gathering people um, to this like little oasis where it's like, hey, you're valid here. Let's talk about things. Let's let's enjoy this moment together. And that's why I always like end all my streams by saying, tell somebody you love that you love them Um, because it's all about just kind of like putting out like a positive well, and I think I think like giving back, right? Because because when you live in when you live in a world of, you know, like the world you and I were all too familiar with, where it's all about this one person and all about this connection and all about building this thing and is it ever going to be good enough? Am I ever going? You know, like and, and like you have all this energy you give into one person. It's a special thing when you realize your own beauty and truth, and, and find a way to love yourself and then be like, yo, I have this really awesome healing orb of energy of love that is authentic as fuck, I'm going to give it to you right now. Here, you have some of the bread, and you have some of the bread, and to to truly spread that. Because it's one thing to be like, all right, guys, you're all great, you know? Um, But it's another thing to be like, to truly mean like what you're saying, tell somebody that you love that you love them. Like, please, more people need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, life really is too short. It really is, and I'm gonna. It makes me sound ignorant because I'm 25, and I'm like, hey, life's too short. I'm getting old. <laughs> Whoa! But um, it's well, I don't know. I true. feel like it's <laughs> so it is true, and it's and like <laughs> if if we haven't been reminded of our own mortality, uh, before, you know, young people specifically, I think the pandemic <laughs> and just yeah. like the tumultuous state of the world and our hyper awareness of it has reminded even the youngest people of our um, inevitable death as human beings. (laughs) And it's been an interesting thing to see in the zeitgeist, right? Like it's like, 
there's this collective energy of self-awareness and almost like I wouldn't go as far to say like nihilism, but there's there's a bit of jadedness that kind of comes. And I mean, you see it everywhere, even in memes. Like it's just so dark. The humor has become so dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also made people very thirsty for solid connections with other people, even if it's through the internet specifically now because a lot of people at least if they're being smart and decent they're staying home as much as possible so they're not interacting in person as much so i think it's kind of like the sad gross perfect storm um that tiktok has provided me specifically and a lot of others this opportunity to kind of like hey let me create a space for everybody we're all in the same boat right now and uh let's all hang out in the in the ways that we can you know Mm -hmm. whether it is you're just enjoying the content i make or hanging out in my stream or whatever, or playing games on Discord, you know. Uh, let's 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 take those moments when we can get them because I do think everybody is kind of aware of how short life is right now, yeah. and uh, it's wild. Yeah, man, it's a new perspective. It's a testament to it's a testament. It's a test to like human. Um, uh, gosh, what's it called? It's a test to entitlement. It's a test to patience. To like self reflection everything going on right now i it's nice to have a, a little bit of the weight off the shoulders now um a little bit mind you but um there's a lot of crazy shit happening like even you and i like being at being at protest together and um getting to be a part of that experience and you have to yes you it's one thing to be strong and have a healthy sports support system and get through it but you also got to you have to walk in the mud and you have to get dirty um too you can't ignore that that's a part of life either um, yeah well speaking yeah. of walking through mud <laughs> i don't know if that's the i don't know if that's a great segue to this but strap on know, your hiking kinda, boots we're walking well, through mud <laughs> we're walking through the mud that is dating during a pandemic because <laughs> um and for those of you who have been a part of our streams recently tristan's been in an, uh in a few of them uh, either either through just like the chat or I actually had him on recently. Uh, we talked about your uh, journey dating, you know, in a new city. Dating again, um, yeah. <laughs> and, and just the concept of dating in the modern day in the middle of a pandemic period for us two single adult people. Um, what's your take on on how how you how to meet somebody these days? Um, you know, my take is probably not the same as many other people's takes would be. And I'm slowly realizing that there's really no way to do it other than just be yourself and find someone who is okay with you being you and supports that. I've been fortunate enough to find someone or, you know, I don't know, they messaged me first. So maybe they found me. But um, <laughs> I don't even want it to sound like that because it's not like that. But right. just from a, a, a base point of view, like, like just from a third person perspective, uh, it's, it's one thing, I guess, to kind of go around and be like, uh, you know, let me let me search for this thing or, oh, I want to dive into this relationship or or um, let me find someone, you know, let me fall in love again. But it, like you just got to shut all that off. At least that's what I do. And like, try to become friends with that person, see if you can hit it off and then just go from there. Um, because I'm a really weird, awkward person, you know that, um, like even you and I, like, like there's, there's places I can't always go with every conversation or like there's places I can go, but like, 
my inability to like I'm a good great communicator but not about everything um and like especially when it comes like to intimacy uh that's something I've always struggled with because I'd have to know someone so well to even open that door I guess uh which is something I guess I had to confront very recently um and uh, like I said, you just got to find someone who's, who's, who's willing to be like, okay, I recognize this part of you and I see that this is something you're dealing with. And if they're okay with that and they don't ridicule you and they don't push you aside or they don't make it more awkward than it is, then I think you've found a decent person to, to be with. And I guess that's my take on dating during the pandemic is like, like be yourself. Don't try to be something you're not and, and just like, um, find someone who wants who is themselves while you are being yourself and just just let that be what it is for better or for worse well shit i'd say that's good advice even outside the pandemic yeah, even outside period. that's like where i'm at now finally after you know so many relationships i'm just like nope let's get you know let's be real but let's also not be too too serious you know right my it's, perspective has been like uh i think we as individuals need to make a really concerted effort to recognize the two categories that are, that are what we need and what we want in -hmm. terms of dating or finding a significant other, or even just um, looking for partnership in its various forms. Um, The pandemic has made us hyper aware of how lonely we can be. Um, or any, you know, honestly, the solitude of quarantine and, and also just the state of the world and all of that makes you more thirsty for human connection, specifically physical connection and, and you know, being touch starved and that frustration that comes with that um, makes you willing at least to forego lessons learned or <laughs> look past red flags and other people. Um, Mm -hmm. and you have to almost make more of an effort. It seems these days to hold fast and, uh, stay consistent and, you know, and not be willing to, it's one thing if you're really just not, if you're not interested in, in connections that are strong and that are healthy for you, um, I would argue you probably should be, but you know, if, yeah. if, if your goal is to just have fun and experience other people, that's okay. But what I'm saying still, I think has merit. Um, there are, we're all aware of what's good for us, even if we don't like it. Um, and I think, was it somebody told me once you shouldn't focus on what you need. You should focus on what you don't need and make sure you mm-hmm. look for that and not allow that, you know, not be, uh, complacent in allowing any of that into your life because what you do need can be moldable what you don't need is like a no like <laughs> you <laughs> there is no wiggle room with what you don't need at least in my opinion yeah. that's funny my uh, dad would always say what you want and what you need are two different things and like like i think that i mean that you're hitting it right there like it, it's it's essentially there's a part of you that's like man i really want something like this i really want that i really you know, like it, something that you want is something you can go without and something that you need is something that helps you survive, right? So, yep. um, word, word up. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, well, and it's so, it is very difficult today, right? Because you know, how else are you gonna? You, there's no like organic way 
well, there are less organic ways to meet people when you're you know online, yeah. you're not going out. I would say it's still possible. I mean, it's I've met people organically thanks to social media. It just happens sometimes. But you're really not, good about that, by the way. You're really good about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's almost weird. Blessing and a curse. Point. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I, but the whole like dating app, you know, scene. I guess what I'm talking about is kind of like honestly people's only option right now, mm-hmm. and um, you don't really get the full picture. Everybody, even if we don't want to be, is at least a little at, at least a little performative with our online presence. It's a little bit more difficult to hide behind the wall of social media when you're interacting with people in real life. They're seeing. Yeah. Well, they're seeing your mannerisms, your body, how it moves, how it acts, you know. So there's a little bit more information, you know, that so people can kind of make decisions about who you are, what you're about. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not foolproof. You can still meet some pretty fucked up people in real life. But I've found that um, in the online space, it's a projection of what how you want to be perceived, especially on, like, dating apps, rather than who, how you really are. So you have to, like, be so cognizant of that when you're traversing the world that is online dating. Yeah. Um, but it is a wild ride. It, it can be. I mean, you and I have met some pretty fucking interesting <laughs> folks. Yep. Without That's ever naming sure. names to protect the identity <laughs> of others. But yeah, we've had some some strange interactions with. Uh, honestly, though, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, yeah. Because it was fun, at least you know. And, yeah. Uh, anyway, what has been your take on? Specifically, because you moved to a city you know, but not a city you like lived in. Yeah. Right? Um, you're in Florida. You're in where are you at Fort Lauderdale? Uh, no, actually, no. I'm in Tallahassee. It's the That's capital right, of Florida. Someone yeah. else we know is in Lauderdale. Um, Tallahassee. The only thing I know about Tallahassee is that there is a Super Nintendo game called College Football before <laughs> Madden was ever a thing, and one of the teams was just. They didn't have the rights to team names, so one of the teams was just Tallahassee. It was just Tallahassee yeah. from Florida State. That's great. Exactly. It was a Florida State reference, but they couldn't say Florida State. They couldn't say their mascot, so it was just the Tallahassee. The Tallahassee team. <laughs> What's it oh, been like uh, dating? I mean, on, well, I mean, recently you had some developments there, but, like, tell me that whole story, like, what talking um, to people, you know, and all well, that. Well, yeah, man. I mean, like, but back in Ohio, like, I was in a bubble. You know, I was in a bubble of people I knew and in the, in the musical theater community. And, I mean, as far as, like, like what, what dating was like for back there, it was it was very, like, easy to fall into relationships with people because everyone knew each other so well, but then everybody knew each other too well. So it would be easy to fall into disagreements or arguments with people. So it was always just difficult to find, like, a connection that had distance because you have seen these people every day for at least a year. Um, like, yeah. uh, but then to come here, I guess it, it was really interesting. It was, it's felt, it hasn't felt like a clean slate. And I actually had a therapist that told me one time that there's no such thing as a clean slate. Um, that's to assume that you never change uh, or that you're a completely different person. You know, like clearly we're the same person wherever you go, there you are. Um, so, I mean, coming to Tallahassee was nice. I mainly came here from a, through a, a lens of, um, kind of self-improvement and re- recharging, I guess, because my family's, uh, like two and a half hours away from where I live. So I could visit them if I was ever feeling down or if I just wanted to be close to them again, because I hadn't seen them in a while. I know, I know you're doing something similar to that now too. Um, 
And I mean, another part of it too, living with living with my best friend was a big part, a big part of that too. So I was like, okay, I'm kind of in this this perfect, um, not perfect, but like uh, ideal place for me to recharge and become, who you know, take that next step into who I really am because I don't know who I am. I don't know. I have an idea of what I love to do. I have passions, but I don't know what I want to do with my life. So I mean, if I'm with my closest friends and family, then I feel like that's a beautiful way of discovering that, having that support right there and not feeling alone. Because in Ohio, I felt alone. Um, I felt isolated. And our friendship was really one of the few things kind of giving me that oomph to uh, get to the next spot. But dating, anyway, um, the dating aspect of that um, hasn't really been on my mind. I've kind of been trying to stay away from it for the past year and a half because I came out of a relationship that I really didn't want to end that ended and kind of just fell apart. And it was hard for me to get over that person. So it took like a year to get over that person. And then it took another year to like be okay with who I am and try to date again. And then I tried to date again. It didn't work. And now I'm here and I'm just kind of, um, accepting it. I have a different perspective now. Like, like, like after last night, like what you and I were talking about prior to the podcast, like, like I, I feel like the me two or three years ago would be heartbroken today. Like I'd be like so upset that I found someone new and I feel like I'm not going to be able to date them. But the person I am today knows who I am, knows what I want and understands the reality that I can just enjoy things for what they are. Um... And I don't have to, I don't have to jump onto and cling on to this person I barely know. I can just lightly embrace that. And whatever the hell it ends up being is great. But um, for my own sanity and for their sanity too, I guess it's uh, the best approach, you know? Because I was stressing a few days ago, but once you have that conversation to clear up your boundaries, which everybody, if you're listening and you've made it this far, have that conversation with your person. <laughs> know what those mm-hmm. boundaries are <laughs> because there's nothing worse than trekking through and being like, I don't know what's happening, you know? Like, um, well, I've noticed, I, it makes me really sad to see, but I, I'm seeing a lot of people that I, you know, have come across in my life, people I know, people I don't know so well, you know, just on in, in the online space, people that are very open about their life and their dating experience, a consistent thread is people saying, Oh, I really uh, like people on Twitter, you know, using Twitter as their like journal, which is, you know, neither here nor there. I don't care what they do with Twitter, but, um, they'll say things like, I'll see someone tweet something like, Oh, you know, I, this guy's not text me back in two days. Like, here we go again. And then the next day, um, I finally hooked up with him, you know, <laughs> oh, it was so great. Like, I really like this guy. And the next day it will be like, you know, um, ghosted again you know and <laughs> for me i'm like oh, i hate to see that right Be- getting ghosted sucks um people do that shit all the time that's kind of like the the world of dating that we're in right now it's becoming yeah. very common um but it's the problem isn't that all people are assholes i think the problem is um we're in a world where people are so fearful of direct communication that they're willing to sacrifice their own ethics you know and like just ignore somebody than face the what i consider a very quick um 
short-lived discomfort that is just being honest about like how mm-hmm. you're actually feeling um and you know granted there are, there are assholes out there i mean and, and let's be real it's typically you know um immature men yeah. uh, who are the problem but it, this sure. exists on in all area all all across the gender spectrum um people are uh can tend to be selfish but what I'm noticing is, is just like a lack that communication is, is not a skill set that, that human beings are sadly, uh, it's not a skill set that they've like really put a lot of effort into. Uh, and this is kind of across the board. Mm -hmm. It's ironic because what separates us from the rest of, uh, the animal kingdom is, is our ability to communicate ideas and thoughts. And we're so bad at it, (laughs) um, which is frustrating. Uh, because literally that's what ghosting is. It's, it's someone saying like, either I don't, either I don't care about the repercussions of this, or I'm too afraid. I'm more afraid of the discomfort of communication than I am of being a jerk in this situation. An inability to confront things. Right. And yeah. And like, I think, um, everything you're saying goes back to mental health. Uh, and, and that's been the biggest resounding thing, I think, through every reflection on a relationship I've ever had and every friend I've ever had that's vented to me or who I've vented to. Like, I, I feel like at the end of the day, we have to recognize that um, there's a bit of a, like an epidemic with, with codependency, with narcissism in our world, with, with um, every, every conceivable, men, you know, whatever spectrum of mental health you're on. Uh, you, you know, I, I think we we look over the fact that we have to put ourselves first too and maybe the reason we're tweeting about how we feel about the relationship we're in is the same reason maybe we should go to therapy mm. or maybe we should find a group to go you know, like i'm not like preaching like everyone go do this because it doesn't work unless you want to do it right and you yeah. can you know and there's other ways right like clearly like not every alcoholic needs to go to aa Um, there's people who get out of it through therapy. It's not as common, but I mean, it it happens, right? Everyone has their own way. Um, but I, I think like every, everything you just said goes back to the fact that you have to, um, if you're wondering shit, why, why is this not working? And I'm only speaking, I'm speaking purely from bias too. Um, so take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But like, um, at least in my past experience, it's like, like every time I've ended a relationship, I've realized something about myself that I don't like. I've realized things that I've let slide that I need to stand up for. And I think there's no better place than to sit down with a professional, hash that out, um, journal, um, and kind of realign yourself back to like, like even like in, in therapy, when I was actively going, I've been in therapy for like four or five years, <laughs> but like, like once I kind of hashed out all the breakup stuff I was going through, it started turning into, well, what are my goals? Right. Cause when my head is swirling around all day about the person I'm with and, not making and that, a lot of time for yourself. Yeah. Because then when they're gone, why do you think, you know, why do you think people want to jump into, that's why I jumped into so many relationships in the past was, was just because I was like, I was like, fuck, I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't know what to do when I'm alone with myself. I don't, I, I hate it. Um, and I'm an only child. I'm used to being alone. <laughs> like it's, you know, it's like, and it's still hard because now I have a taste of what it feels like to not be that way. So then right. you'll forego it and then I'll, you know, and then you'll throw yourself into something you're like, oh, wait, this isn't what I wanted. Now I'm hurt, you know, and like now I believe these things that are being said to me and, you know, and when it when really it's like, yeah, it's going to suck being 
single, right? But clearly you and I have learned the, the fucking benefit. If that's the takeaway from our entire conversation or my takeaway is that focus on or what what has legitimately helped me i am not perfect and i still have so many more things to do like get that healthy support system find that good really good friend um or family member or or friend of family or whatever that that good person get those people together right and there doesn't have to be a million of them there can just be three <laughs> like you yeah. know I, I always <laughs> say keep the reels in your life yeah, and you're like, cause, and we all know who the reels are. Um, and don't trick like, yourself into thinking someone's a real just because you know you need the reels to be there either. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, that's like why I would say you know it's a gut thing. Everybody knows who the real is. And, you know uh, who the real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always. That's my first advice for some, any friend or person I meet that's really going through something. Is I always say, hey, you know who the who you. All I have to do is say who are the reals in your life and the people that immediately pop into your head. That's who you should be leaning on. Um, human mm-hmm. beings, we need connections to others, um, but you need connections that are healthy that push you to independently pursue your own self love and growth as well. Um, yeah. I think I truly believe you're no good for anyone else until you're good for yourself. And I always ask the question for people who are really struggling or um, struggling with, you know, a tumultuous relationship or codependency or, you know, a toxic significant other. Um, I always ask them, you know, like, would you um, would you treat someone else the way you treat yourself? You know? This yeah. is like the classic take your own advice thing. If you, someone you cared about were experiencing this, you know what would what would you tell them? You got to be really willing to to look hard at yourself and, and take your own advice, because um, it's like we're all everybody's an armchair therapist for their friends, but we rarely are armchair therapists for ourselves. For ourselves, yeah, yeah. And and it's it's funny because uh, my experience in therapy too. It's it's not like you don't go to therapy to have revelations so much as you go to therapy to have a a moment in time with someone who's unaffiliated with your life at least specifically to just kind of like lay out what who you are out on the table and to like really look at it Mm -hmm. and come up with an actionable plan to attack every day in a way that makes you a little bit more like the person you want to be yeah and like you can go off right like that's what's different about like like a support system right or like you if i'm venting at the end of the day or if i'm like hey i'm having difficulty with this like that's what's the, the benefit of like a therapist or even, or even even a group a group therapy setting like where it's a bunch of people you've all, or one person you both mutually agreed that it only stays in that room and only exists in that room and then because of that you can actually truly be yourself and actually say how you're truly feeling which, like, compared to you, like, let's say maybe there's some things that because you're my friend, yes, I'm open with you about most things, but I can't necessarily be open with you about everything. But I can with a therapist, you know? <laughs> like, right. like, I can go there. Um, uh, and, yeah, dude, I, everything you're saying, I'm, like, snapping my fingers over here, like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I... It, it took a long time for me to get there, and it took mm-hmm. access to people like you to help put the mirror in my face too. I'm glad, uh, man. positive influences people in your life that are going to build you up and uh be your cheerleader are really important i think for recovery too sometimes you got to mm-hmm. be your own cheerleader and then that's that's a difficult thing to do but oh man when you find somebody that is your cheerleader um 
hold on to them. That's a rarity. Most people struggle with building others up. (laughs) Um, It takes work. It takes effort. It takes, you know, just as much effort as it does to build yourself up. I think if you're, if you're doing it genuinely, Um, there's a lot of fake, you know, uh, support out there, you know, like Mm -hmm. this, like go off queen kind of like uh, rhetoric (laughs) that you see everywhere. It's like very shallow. Um, For better or for worse. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's a difference between saying you got this, um, you know, you're uh, king shit, you know, this is easy. And, and, and sitting on the couch when that person's a shell. Yeah, sitting, sitting next to them when they are completely broken and being and having the patience. There is a time them. and a place for that. Yeah. Yeah. And may, and may I speak on codependency really quick? Yeah, no, I'd close? love to talk. We can, in, we can, we, I mean, we have time. So like, let's definitely talk about codependency. So, and I would like to preface all this with, I am not a therapist. I, everything I'm saying is literally just some dude reciting it into oblivion. Yeah. Um, so codependency, we tend to think we take it at like the word, it's definition for what it is, right? Like, oh, you are codependent. Two people are dependent on one another. When in fact, that is just the word dependency. You are just dependent on someone, someone, someone who like is codependent, right? Who, who is either diagnosed with it or experiencing it on some sort of a spectrum is actually someone who has difficulty with control. Um, mainly their control and want of control of the personal relationships and friendships they have in their life. Um, I think it's just interesting. I think it's important to say that that as what it really is because codependency is kind of like a pop, a pop therapy topic. Um, But there is a much deeper level to that. And a, 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 like I, like we said earlier, like an epidemic for how it, it exhibits itself in, modern day relationships. Um, it's something my family has trickled down with up until me, um, you know, of having to deal with it as an individual. And I, I think it's, we have to remind ourselves why, why are, why are we losing our, our mental grasp on everything? And is it because we're dependent on that person or is it because we want to control them so that they can be what we thought it would be or vice versa? Or do we want to be controlled? and relish in that. Um, that's just something I wanted to say just because I feel like it's, de- it's more than just dependency. It's, it's, it's a personality trait and dysfunction that like too many people experience and too many people either will become an alcoholic or a drug addict or anything. And, um, there is help out there, by the way, people, there is definitely help out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, um, <laughs> The codependency in my experience too um is a lot of the revelations i've had are have been hearkening it to a form of addiction which it 100 percent is yeah. um it's the power differential that a substance or an addictive experience can have over you and your your own agency um and I think a lot of people, yeah, you're absolutely right. They say, oh, codependency is just when I'm like, I just feel like I need this person. Well, it's actually, it's a lack of self-worth typically. Mm-hmm. And it's... Um, and identity. <laughs> yeah, and identity. It's like you're relinquishing <laughs> your agency to someone else to do with as they please. Um, more often than not, that has a very damaging, traumatic um, uh, impact on, on the person that is being 
taken, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes two to tango. Codependent relationships are not created by one narcissist and one, you know, person with a low self-esteem. You know, both parties are actively engaging in it. Mm-hmm. And um, once you recognize that for what it is, uh, you stop being at least in my experience, I stopped being just angry at the party hurting me and I started holding myself as, as a, just as accountable. And when you share that accountability, you also begin to share the, that grace. Yeah. Because it's important to not beat the, yourself the fuck up because it's not productive. Um, <laughs> so you need to allow yourself some <laughs> space to make those mistakes and grow from them. I think that your mistake is not growing from it, right? Not the mistake. Isn't the mistake itself. The a mistake is not learning from one. Um, and, but that what, what a cool thing that happens is though, and it's not to say you justify the behavior of someone who took advantage of you or, you know, hurt you or, you know, abused you or whatever. But what you do start to recognize is that like these connections and those relationships are not typically not one-sided you play an active role whether you were taken advantage of or um, manipulated or not Um, some part of you said this is okay and Mm -hmm. that can be influenced by early lifestyle it could be influenced by previous relationships or interactions with the other human beings in your life or experiences that you've had and that's something that you know should be addressed and and you should dive into if you ever get the chance to and try to understand yourself better but i think Mm -hmm. if if your goal is to quote unquote recover. I always say you're, if an addict is always recovering and never recovered, then you should use the same, um, vernacular when talking about codependency. Yeah. It's um, a daily practice. It, it doesn't it's, stop. You don't, you don't, <laughs> when it stops, heal you from relapse. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't heal from it. You, um, you become better at reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you become better at responding to it because these are things that are deeply rooted in your, your development and your brain and your, your biochemistry and like, it's, you know, <laughs> to get into the whole like neuroscience side of it, of course, you know, it just, it's like a deep rabbit hole, but I guess, yeah, like my caveat advice off of what you said is to just like allow yourself the grace to in time to push through. It's a daily thing. It's never going to be perfect. Um, you're going to have bad days and good days. I always say the best part about bad days is that they always end the best part about good days is they influence the next day. Mm. And, um, that's been true for me too. And I'm very thankful for that, but yeah, I mean, thank God for good friends. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I know. Yeah. That's like, seriously, like the biggest thing that's carried me through, um, the past 10 years of my life, maybe, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) ever since I started (laughs) running into that kind of, those kind of troubles, I guess, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a time, man. It is. Well, hey, I appreciate you hanging out with me, man. Of course, you know, in, I have a surprise for you, actually. What? I, uh, I thought I'd play us out. Oh, Um, okay. So I got a little song here prepared. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this is a first on the Stephen Things podcast. If this is bad, then you can just fade away. No, it's staying in. And I'm just going to kind of stop, so you'll probably want to fade away at some point. But uh, here we go. (laughs) It's going to sound weird on your end. but (laughs) This is Tristan. 
ladies and gentlemen, uh, enjoy whatever it is that we're about to hear. <laughs> Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, this is um, Lack of Color by Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, you've already heard me do this before, but uh, I'm going to do this for everybody else really quick. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. I've never been more ready. tried to muscle my way through it but it didn't work no no that was so good dude. i'm over here like literally tears welling up i can i can do um i can just do an instrumental if you'd like <laughs> no it's staying in well what a treat that was um i wasn't expecting that i swear that wasn't that wasn't scripted <laughs> um but yeah as, as i feel like those of you who are still listening you can really get a feel for who someone is um, when they interact with somebody. I don't know. It's just like those small things. It's the idiosyncrasies of conversation. It's the way people laugh at the joke. It's the way a flow of a conversation goes. There's a natural earnesty to it. And ah, I can't say enough good things about my boy Tristan here. I appreciate him for coming on. If you are interested, make sure to check him out. He is on TikTok. His name is Tristan. T-R-I-S-C-H-I-N. You can look, uh, listen to his um, funny Ben Shapiro impression and see his goofy face. Um, Tristan, I appreciate you, buddy. Um, thanks again for listening. Uh, it's been a wild ride. What are we on? Episode five. And I've never been more excited about a personal project. It's been really beautiful to hear all of your listeners' opinions and ideas and excitement for new episodes and... Um, wow like i just didn't think this would happen so it, i wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for you who is listening right now thank you so much for your support whether we know each other in real life you found me on tiktok it doesn't matter all of you are important to me and i just ugh, i couldn't be more thankful and i really hope to see you all on episode umpteen <laughs> whatever i end up doing with this uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you on the next episode before I go make sure you drink some water and tell someone you love that you love them see you next time